0: We like to win we've done for a while to
1: our story with glory Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory Season 6, Episode 38 Almost at the end of the season now 38 episodes, can you believe that? I'm Jack I'm Abbas There we go, welcome back mate
2: Well, well yeah, wasn't it last week
1: was, was it Welcome Back to Me? I wasn't here last week, was I?
2: Oh, was that a really good pod that we had, like, no, no, an no, no, increase was, in uh, listeners uh, by have.
1: about tenfold? That wouldn't have been the one. Nah. Well, there was a lot of editing on it last week, I think. Yeah, I won't talk about that. Um, so we're <laughs> going to go straight into it. This is a bit of a farewell pod. It's it's not the last one of the season, but it was the... odd um, last one ever. Yeah, or the last one ever. But I mean, it was the last It was the last ever game at Whitehall Lane at the weekend, which was an incredible... Incredible game, brilliant performance. It is, it's quite a surreal feeling though. We'll come on to it in a bit, but. So I put out on social media earlier what your best memories are of White Hart Lane. Uh, so I've had a few responses in. Uh, Mark Walsh, friend of the show, has written in saying, seeing Hugo wave at a young lad in a keeper shirt during the warm-up was lovely, it was a lovely moment. After the Bournemouth game was over, there were supporters from Sacramento and Seattle posing for photos. So, I love that. Like, it's proper like international, worldwide feel about Spurs. Like, and it's great when you go and you see all the flags from all different supporters clubs all over the world being there. Like It's brilliant and it shows like what a brilliant, not only what a brilliant sport football is, but how good Spurs is bringing those of people together. Um, but he said, but the best moment he remembers is a young couple from New York who he chatted to briefly announced they were having a baby by posing with a Spurs onesie at Pitchside amazing um, That 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 is quality that is absolutely quality I really like that um, another friend of the show John Dork so he wrote in and said he supported, supported Spurs for 30 years before going to his first match at the lane he joined the Kings Lynn Spurs who ran a coach full of supporters who spent all their money travelling home and away they would go without food rather than miss a game he arrived in Tottenham High Road and went to memory lane a fantastic club where Chas and Dave were playing and had a few beers seeing the pitch from the Paxton Road end for the first time was breathtaking and almost a religious experience we lost (laughs) 1-0 to Ipswich I think but it did not matter the loyalty of the fans in the stadium but especially on the coach stayed with me as has my love of Spurs love that absolutely love that uh, Carl Woodbridge, again another friend of the show, contributes uh, a lot to the weekly stuff we do. Says winning the UEFA Cup in 1984, in particularly, Danny Thomas missing the last penalty, and the crowd getting behind him. Tony Parks making his second penalty save. The shelf, as well, was particularly high highlight for him. So, did you know that in the week they streamed? It was Thursday, 3 p.m. They streamed Tottenham and Elect. Yep, 1984. Which was absolutely fantastic. I don't know if you watched it. I, I managed to manage to have it on on my laptop. Uh, it was quality. I've never actually watched a full game of football from that, like that period. Obviously, I've seen highlights and videos and like season roundups, but I've never watched a full 90 minutes of football from that era. It was quality. It was absolute quality. Like the, the players that we had back then, like watching like Mickey Hazard doing his thing, Obviously, Graham Roberts at the back, just absolutely commanding and bossing it. Falco up top. It was like proper like. British, old-fashioned style But with a bit of modern-day flair in there. I, thought, I loved it it was, it was so good to watch it um, Adam Tindall also wrote in So he said his best memories Of the Champions League run 2010-2011 And if you had to pick a game It'd probably be Inter Milan Taxi for my That was a great night
2: That was remember amazing That it was yeah.
1: incredible that, They were the champions of Europe At that point Like They were the team in Europe and to him. beat And we, we battered them at home They had a great team they did have a great team. Like, we destroyed. That was literally the tactics from the birds, get the ball, give it to Bale, <laughs> Bale, run with it. And the amount of times they just knock it and leave Marcon for dead. Marcon was the best right back in the world at that point as well. Let's yeah. not forget that. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, Tindall's worst moment as well Which I didn't ask for But <laughs> Tindall being Tindall There's the <laughs> negative side to it As far well, as I'm only joking um, He said Man United 2011 He got kicked out And barred from the stadium Due to ASD's boozing Well as I said earlier A lot of people's worst memories Would be with ASD Yeah both, And that's both in terms of Tottenham And just their general lives Yeah really, exactly. Which makes sense um, What are your best memories of White Hart Lane?
2: Um so, person from a personal point of view, from like from games I've been to and seen, um, it would it's, it's 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 a cliched moment, but it's when I first saw White Hart Lane for the first time when I walked up the steps and I could just see that little patch of grass. Um, it was a, it was North Upper, and I could just as I was coming up, and I could just see, like, just uh, down, down you know, down the south end. Yeah. Just that little patch of grass, and it was just—it was magical.
1: It's a completely indescribable feeling. I—I
2: I, can't—I can't explain it. It was just—it it was a place where I'd heard so much about.
1: And what was the first game? Can you remember?
2: I think I think I went to a. It was first, It wasn't actually a first game. It was more of a screening, so that they yeah. they had a screening on. I can't remember who it was. Um. So they had they had a game on their. On the big screen, which is a very small screen, <laughs> and it played a whole game on there. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but I went to one of those, and it was just, it's just. Even though it was, there wasn't a lot of people. Um, it was just the whole of the uh, north stand, which had been
1: yeah. sold. Um, That's great. We don't, we don't do that any really anymore. Do we, no. we? I wonder if like if we got to like a major final, whether or not they would do. it I reckon the club would for anybody that couldn't get a ticket. That wouldn't surprise me to do that. Um, but yeah, that's my first
2: ever memory of visiting White O'Leary. That's great. I, After having seen it on TV you know, thousands of times before.
1: Hundreds. And it lived up to the expectations. Oh yeah, more, more surpassed so. Surpassed it.
2: Yeah. Um, but if we're not talking about my personal memories, obviously that night against um, Inter, um, the 5-1 against Arsenal... Yeah um, The 5-1 against Chelsea In 2001 actually When we weren't We weren't the greatest team But Ooh, I remember shocking.
1: Teddy Sheridan was it He scored a few didn't uh, he
2: Les Ferdinand as well um, So Les I remember watching that On, uh, on ITV And um, I was 10 at the time And it was just I'd never experienced Us beating Chelsea Let alone beating them 5-1 yeah. So it was just
1: It's incredible Magical food I mean I've got So many memories Of what hotline. I mean, some of the best memories that I've had in my life have been at that stadium which is uh, I mean, it's such a powerful thing to be able to say and there's been brilliant games like you've mentioned in particular players that have come and gone that I've loved watching like Ledley King being the main one Like who's my hero as a kid still is now to be honest. my hero as a kid when I was growing up like he was the, the player that I idolised and always tried to replicate when I played <laughs> couldn't quite get anywhere near <laughs> those levels to be honest but for me like White Hart Lane's been a, I went there first as a, a very young kid with my dad, took me to a first ever game, and I've, do you know what I mean, fully grown up in that in that time. Like White Hart Lane's been with me from from childhood all the way now to being being an adult. And yeah, like I said, some of my best memories ever of my entire life have been there. But for me, it's a place where, do you know what I mean, it's a, it's like it's always been a family place for me. I've always gone there with my brother, my dad, my mum, uncles, grandparents, like, and it's been like the foundation really of, of everything that. I've had like in the last 20 odd years like, it's, been so, it's, it's such a powerful place It is a powerful it, place It's really hard to put into words Like actually like The feelings that I've experienced there. I've not, I've not experienced stuff Like anywhere close to that Anywhere else in the world
2: It's also like just a sense of Belonging Togetherness Just, just togetherness It's like they're like a, The fans are like
1: A family that 100% just, You know I've made friends that I've met at White hot Lane so I mean, if White Hart Lane not existed, I wouldn't be friends with a lot of these people. Like, if it wasn't for Tottenham White Hart Lane, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be sad. No. So I mean, it's mad the power that it has, and I will deeply miss the stadium. Like It's I I wasn't lucky enough to have experienced it back in the seventies and eighties when there was the shelf and everybody loved it there. But to me, the, the Paxton Road has has always been it's been the stand I've always sat in. It's where my season ticket is, and that that's been for me like the heartbeat of Spurs. I've absolutely loved it. I hope that the new stadium will surpass the levels that we've experienced at White Hart Lane, but it, it's quite an emotional time. Like, I didn't I didn't really feel, going to the game, I didn't really feel like I was that bothered. I was like, at the end of the day, it's a stadium. But actually, when I was there, experienced it, knowing that it's the last ever game, it was, it was emotional. I think a lot of people felt that way, like walking out of the ground for the last time was... It's quite difficult to actually describe the feeling, because I wasn't actually expecting to really feel anything, but... Looking back on it now, like you know, sat here, we're not. You're not going to go to White Hart Lane again. And yeah, like that. It's quite a sad thing to actually say and have to have to deal with. But the new stadium's going in, and it's going to be, as Daniel Levy said in his message, it's going to be one of the best stadiums in Europe. So we, we really can't wait for that. But it's a shame White Hart Lane has gone. But unfortunately, it's one of these things in life, right? It has to go for us to get better. 100% agree. But brilliant stadium, I love it, and also the atmosphere there. For the so, United so game, So you were there? I was there. So I was. So my scene ticket's the north lower, but I was actually sat in the north upper. So my dad and brother were on the scene ticket so tickets. I was with the big man ASD himself. We were in the north upper. That that atmosphere was unbelievable. I'd go as far as saying that's the best atmosphere I've ever seen at White Hart Lane. Wow. And that's including the big European nights, the Cup, big cup games, the derbies. I would honestly say that game's the best I've seen it. We'd sung from... The first minute, right through to injury time, even at half-time there was chanting. And we were not only chanting all of the current songs, but they were chanting all the old songs. We were chanting about Davy Ginella, Robbie Keane, Raphael Vandevar. all the classic songs were all coming out. And it was am- absolutely amazing to be a part of. And what, what was it like at home? Could you get a sense of the uh, atmosphere? Yeah, actually. Um,
2: so it, it was on quite loud, admiss- admiss- admittedly. Um, and it was quite difficult to hear the commentators... Um, from from my perspective it was it just looked like an incredible atmosphere um, yeah like very envious of you to have fin- to have seen the final game yeah it was um, you know what
1: and I think as well like full credit to Spurs to all the work that went behind it all because they showed the ceremony live on, on TV right after yes. the game so we'll, we'll talk about the game in a minute but I'd like to t- talk about the ceremony first but first of all we got there and got to your seats and then in your seat was a bag it was like a drawstring bag and in that it's got like a, the Lane the Finale t-shirt in awesome and ev- and you had a flag as well so a flag which had which were, you would have seen on telly everybody waving so everyone had one of them which I thought was a really really nice touch I like didn't actually need to do that I thought that was great they had the, the special they say the special edition programmes as well which were did you get one? Just yeah so we got two which were just uh, just the £10 uh, for, so the, for I, the programme so I
2: actually ordered one did you? Um, from Spurs official oh can you do that? yes I oh, so ordered it from, uh, yeah, from, from the website today, £12,
1: uh, including £2 for personal packaging. I thought anybody that wants a programme then, wherever you're listening, get on the site. Yep. Because like they, they'll go quite quickly as well, I'd imagine. So get yourself on there, get yourself a programme. Because that, that's a great piece of history you have. There. Like, that's the last ever programme from White Hot Lane. Like, that, that's a real, real piece of history. Um, so they did all, all of that. Um, we had the game which we won and uh, like I said we'll come on to that in a minute but I actually thought the ceremony at full time was fantastic so there was the mad pitch invasion which was which, amazing and oh, there, were, there were a lot of people kicking off about that I personally had no problem with that I thought fair, like, what, what's what's the problem like it did, oh, it delayed the ceremony by 20 minutes like there was no harm done really it was quite funny once they did the first invasion and cleared everybody off a few rogue people <laughs> managed to break the line of police and the stewards and were running around on the pitch which was quite amusing to see um but I loved that, like I've never seen what like has there been a big pitch invasion like that? And there probably has at some point, there's not one I can ever remember, um, but we've got some great pictures of like before the invasion and then when the pitch invasion actually happened, which is quite cool. What was mad was, it seemed like there were so many people on the pitch, but yet there were still...
2: It did look quite full, yeah. Most of the people were <laughs> still
1: in their seats and it was only like two or three rows from each stand actually on the pitch.
2: It was all very good-natured
1: as well. Yeah, there wasn't any trouble or nothing like that. I see lots of people like com- coming down into the the northwest corner, reenacting Jurgen Klingsmann's celebration <laughs> after he scored the bicycle kick. There was one fairly large gentleman that did it, and had trouble getting up afterwards, which was quite funny. Um, but they so they had a choir on the pitch, which was great, which did renditions of um, when the Spurs go marching in, which I thought was lovely actually. Really, really nice it was. They had the band as well, which played. Uh, the music to all of those songs. And then the main part of it, so Paul Coyt, everybody doesn't know who he is. He's the the guy comes on at half-time, does all the half-time entertainment. He led the, the ceremony after the game, and I think it was 45 legends that he called out. I think it was 45 that's, that's, in total. Good um, if you know that. Chloe. Yeah. Brought them all out in alphabetical order, so... Basically, before revealing who it was, said what they'd done in their and their time at Spurs. Then revealed their names. Like Clive Allen came out first. So he said scored is it 49 goals in the season. It was a super striker throughout his time here. Clive Allen. Everyone cheered. Walked out in his suits to the centre circle. Took up his space. So on and so on. All the other legends came out, which was amazing. I mean, I said there were, there were loads that came out, but there's some particular highlights for me. Ledley King. Coming Ledley out. King. His re- the reception he got was just. Incredible Glenn Hoddle as well, amazing. I wasn't lucky enough to see him play, it was a bit before my time. But the reception he got, and everyone was sort of singing the famous Hoddle song, Born as the King of White Hot Lane, which was great. Um, Robbie Keane was Robert there, King,
2: yeah, and I, I was,
1: loved that. I'd loved seeing Robbie Keane. He had his boy with him and he come out, that was fantastic. Ginilla, the David, for anybody that's not seen it, David Ginilla came out filming himself he had a suit on that was probably two sizes too small for him so he looked absolutely <laughs> massive and he just bowled it out to the halfway line everyone was cheering it was amazing it was absolutely amazing it was oh, that's, it's, it's so hard to describe like how brilliant that ceremony was it was all the best players you could ever think of there was only a few people that weren't on the list because of reasons that they couldn't be there so unfortunately Jimmy Greaves obviously he's still not very well at the minute he wasn't able to be there and Paul Gascoigne yep and Steve Perryman as well. He wasn't able to be there because of Exeter-Carlisle, the playoff game ah. that was going on because he's part of Exeter, so he wasn't able to make it for that reason. But I want to change a single thing about that ceremony. I thought it was absolutely perfect.
2: There was, there was, Just going back to the game for a
1: second, yeah.
2: um, there was a nice touch with the Spurs fans singing for um, Aaron Lennon,
1: was indeed. which is lovely. It was indeed. And hopefully he gets better soon as well. It would be great to see him. Not only like back on just, the pitch yeah, and yeah, uh, not only just get well in his in his everyday life, but if we see him on a pitch again, that back be great. on the
2: pitch, beating a couple of people and not kicking the ball correctly. There
1: we go. Well, consistent. He's <laughs> be consistent. <Aaron laughs> um, but it was magnificent, and it was it was such a, a brilliant tribute to a brilliant stadium. Like yep. it didn't. My only worry was that it might be a bit tacky or it might go on for too long. But L- it like was, West Ham. Oh yeah, everything that that club does is tacky. So, it was no surprise And there. we didn't... At
2: least we have Ben Shepard
1: uh, presenting the f- the finale, so to speak. And also, the legends that they had there, Anton Ferdinand, Marlon Harewood. So, I mean, these big footballing giants. I'm surprised I didn't get Callum Davenport down at West Ham. Uh, anyway. But, yeah, I loved it. It was a brilliant ceremony. And was there good coverage on TV? Like, they showed everything correctly?
2: I thought so. I thought so. So, I... I, I parked myself on the TV at 11 o'clock. Um... So there was an hour before obviously the first game which was Palace hull Good and, game. um Good game. Yeah, good game. Um and pretty much for the first forty five minutes they spoke about Spurs. Um just also touch on a point um that Thierry Henry made, which was quite you know, <sighs> no, you say this now, but it's actually really it was quite respectful of him where Sky tried getting him to talk about his memories Classic of the Classic Sky being anti-Spurs as well. Um, and, you know, getting him to talk about what the stadium meant to him and all that jazz, and he just said look, out, just, you know, today's Spurs' day, um, going to be respectful we're not going to talk about me or Arsenal or whatever but just going to let them like enjoy it, yeah. and he said he, you know, he knew what it felt like leaving the ground and how emotional it, it is and it can be and how when he left when he left Highbury, a piece of him died with along with the ground and he knew exactly what the Spurs fans and the players were going through um so it was a nice touch um yeah you know, he could have easily have just gone in there and
1: Yeah, been given it large like normal yeah
2: but yeah. you know it, it was it was fair play to him the um the coverage was good the coverage was good they had a nice little um session with um nice little interview with Deli Alley where it was nice but I could always Jamie asked the question to him which I thought was an unfair question is you know he, he just asked him outright do you see yourself finishing your career at Spurs now for someone who's 21 years of age that's a ridiculous question yeah and, so and
1: like, I think any any level-headed Spurs fan knows that Deli ali's not going to play his whole career at Tottenham like yeah. it doesn't happen in football and like, like, it's not a thing well, anymore all he
2: could say was like oh you know we'll see what the future holds like because yeah. oh, no one knows what a can sent- happen a sensible answer yeah and you know they were trying to decipher that and say oh well you know what it didn't he mean he wants to
1: leave oh, yeah, yeah.
2: so you know it, apart from you know it was, I thought it was good coverage um, there was a great line by Martin Tyler right at the end of the coverage where he said long live Delane!" oh Delane is dead long live Delane,
1: which I thought was lovely I like that I like that it was brilliant. I mean, do you think the players were as affected by all as the supporters, or do you think it for them it doesn't really matter? I think it matters. I think it matters. Um
2: you know, you, you can you heard you, you you've seen the pictures on, you know, Twitter and Instagram from, you know, Eriksson and Vitongan and Wanyama and Kane and Ali and you know uh Toby and whoever else where they've come out and said it's been an honour to play at White Hart Lane and they'll never forget it and all this stuff. So I think it does it does matter to them. Um, and look, they've they've made they made White Hart Lane a fortress. You know they've conceded what nine goals in the whole of the um, in the whole of the Prim, Premier League season at White Hart Lane. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous.
1: And I think as well, like. To have gone the final ever season unbeaten was so good. Yes. Like, what, what a tribute to an amazing stadium. Um, should we talk about the actual game itself? Because when we're going yeah. into it against... Uh, Bear in mind, we're still... This is Manchester United we're playing, all right? It's not the same United of old. We're still Manchester United, the biggest team in Britain, one of the biggest teams in the world. We're going into this game, we haven't got a great record against them at the lane. Like, we've had, it's only a couple of wins, really, sort of in the last, like, 10 years, something like that.
2: Oh, I think we've only been in one in the last 10 years prior to yesterday. Yeah, so the only thing we I had, can remember is we that had
1: the 3 0 last year, didn't we? Where we yeah. battered them, um, but before that, I don't, I don't, there's, been, there's like, been a lot of draws, yeah,
2: and then I think we might be been in mean, like 2001, maybe. Steve
1: Carr, greatest goal ever at White Line, in 3-1. my opinion, best goal I ever see, yeah, um, and then obviously that in 1994 we be him 4 1. Uh, not not, a, not, an amazing record But this was a Man United team With a lot of injuries Obviously the Europa League stuff Looming over them They know that That final's the priority So It was a bit of a mismatch Man United side Like when the team sheets come in Eric Bailly Who's a big powerful Centre-off planet Right back he Who played really well actually Do you think? I thought, I thought he did well I thought we really exploited him um, I thought he he showed to me the traditional characteristics of a centre-off going and playing at full-back, where as soon as somebody clever was in, where he had to try and pick him up, he didn't know whether to go tight, drop off, attack the ball, anything like that, and we just, I thought we caused him quite a few problems. He was quite good going forward, though. He did a he few was quite runs good going forward and you were like, he like had a f- steam train He had a forward. chance
2: just before half-time when he should have had a shot, but yeah. he tried to pass it, he tried to be clever. He
1: tried to pass it lay on the plate for Rooney, I believe. And he's not clever. He should have had a shot. Definitely should have had a shot. Now, I want to talk about Wayne Rooney, actually, because there's obviously the constant debate with England, like, should he be there, shouldn't he be there? I thought he was absolutely dreadful against us. I thought he was lucky to not get sent off. I thought he was poor on the ball. I thought he, he looks like his legs are gone. He didn't really offer anything. I thought he was very, very passive in the first hour of the game and just didn't didn't offer anything. I mean, do you think he's good enough to play for Man United anymore? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Would you have him at the Spurs as a squad player? No. 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 Oh well, wow. no. It's like the player that knows the league. He's he can play up front. He can play number ten. And if you like, you need a goal, or you need him to step in for a few games. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I see that, but no. Interesting, but you'd have Sigurdsson. Or Defoe? <laughs> I have Defoe. Just casting a line, waiting for a bite. Um, yeah, I was really disappointed with Rooney, um, but I mean, our, our play—we were yet again, and we're just unstoppable. I mean, you get you get in front after five minutes. Ben Davis, who put a lovely cross in His all-round play as well, was fantastic. But his delivery, <sighs> bless you, his delivery you. into the box for Wanyama's goal was—I mean, it was <sighs> great, right? It was a great run from Wanyama, big powerful header. You wind it up after five minutes, and you're thinking, "Here we go." It was yeah, great header. It was a really good header,
2: really good. Um, it was yeah, I'm just trying to remember it. Um,
1: short corner. Ericsson short corner, to Davis. yeah,
2: to Davis. Um, we had a few chances in that first half, actually. We had a lot. Of, uh, a lot of Son chances. had a great chance when he just went straight at the keeper. When yeah. He probably should have gone either left or right. Um, Kane hit the bar. Um. So I made that twenty-one times. Now we've hit the woodwork this season, which is the most
1: um, of any Premier League team. Really? Um, So yeah. So what did you make of the central midfield pair, Wanyama and Dyer, and Dembélé on the bench? I, I, to be honest, there's,
2: there's no problem with it because I mean, is there a need to question the
1: team selection when we win? because when I got there I was quite surprised Dembele was on the bench I was like oh that just because he's such a beast I mean I love Dyer. he's one of my favorite players and Wanyama, like is a guaranteed starter so I guess it's a toss up between Dembele and Dyer for that spot at the minute and Poch on the day just thought no, maybe, maybe Dembele's not fully fit you don't yeah, know, you, could don't be know. That. you don't know um, it was excellent I mean we should have been a couple of goals up at half time they didn't really do anything at all Martial had one shot
2: Oh, that, he, he loves the uh, finesse, doesn't the he? The curlers. Yeah, he, he doesn't playing too much FIFA. <laughs>
1: isn't he? It's like the R1 circle shot. Um, and then second half comes in and we get a set-piece. Ericsson's delivery yet what again. He's bang on and Kane taps it in and you tune your lap and you're what thinking, wow.
2: And it, let's not take anything away from the finish.
1: Yeah, because I mean, a, a pass is only as good as the finish, right? And like a, a dangerous corner, a dangerous set-piece is only as good as if the player taps it. And if Kane blasts that over... We're not even talking about it.
2: Yeah, it's so true, and it just shows how, cl- how it just shows how clever Kane is. How clever Kane is, because you know Smalling behind him didn't think about sticking his leg out because if he's, if Smalling sticks his leg out, he probably blocks it. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't have the like the awareness. Yeah that Kane had where Kane was like hang on I'm just going to stick a foot out
0: that's a striker's and a, instinct and it's it? a
2: really clever finish
0: I
1: thought his all round play Kane in that game was fantastic Like his hold up play like, bear in mind he's up, I don't think the smaller than Jones are necessarily the best defenders but they're two big strong athletic footballers there was and th- there was a moment in the against first James, half against Jones yeah. and he
2: left him for absolute dead it it just moved like he him out of the way didn't he yeah. and you know Jones got up and he, and he fell down again and it was just like
1: he looked a bit like Bambi on Icefield Jones, didn't he? It's just like he, he could barely stand. But he just absolutely bossed it, Kane, from minute one through to minute 90. And then there was a bit of a turning point in the game where Jose made a couple of subs. He put Rooney up front, moved Martial to the left, and they got a goal. They got back in it for two. And really, the only real time they properly got in, they scored for 2-1. And then it was, it was a bit nervy watching it, and it, it shouldn't have 90. been. And there was a guy that was sat behind me that went you know what, I wouldn't change any of this, this is classic Spurs, I love it. And you know what, I was sort of like, you know what, you're sort of right. That like a game with Boston dominated, it was a very, very, it was a great tribute, the result and the performance and everything to the ground, (laughs) where like you boss a game, but it's still, you're never fully sure what's going to happen. But really, they didn't really create anything at 2-1, other than that Rashford chance. Do you know what I'm talking about? Carrick over the top.
2: Yes, yes, right in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. and that was a good chance. That was
1: a, that was a really good chance. I mean, we had our chance. We had good opportunities to kill the game off, but didn't quite take them. Yeah. But, and then 2-1 full time, whistle blows, and everyone and was it, buzzing. It
2: was, it was great how the game was still going on, but you know there was just a party atmosphere. Like, it was almost as if, yeah, the win was great to sign off, but no one really cared about the result at the end of the day.
1: Um, it was always going to be An amazing atmosphere Whether we Won the game Drew the game Or lost the game It was always going to be amazing The fact we won Gave us that extra Like 10% Party atmosphere on top It was fantastic It was fantastic um, They also announced as well um, I think before the game And after the game Player of the season Christian Eriksen Christian Eriksen What do you make of that?
2: I Yeah I think he deserves it um, He's been immense Like You know it's no coincidence that we've had a great run from say November slash December onwards when he's found form. So we went through obviously we went through the phase at the beginning of the season where we weren't doing great, we weren't scoring By many, a few draws. lots of draws, and it's because we weren't getting that. There's no one. It was wasn't creating, and he wasn't getting on the ball. He wasn't having, like he just looked disinterested. He looked disinterested, but now. You know, with the um, obviously the the contract came in and you know it it just all started working out
1: and yeah, hundred percent. I think as well that we we've played four two three one actually the last sort of like five six games but the switch to three at the back freed him up. I know whenever we talk about three at the back, it's always the wing backs are key, but it, it's basically gave Ericsson a free role. And when a player's that clever, if you say to him, do what you want, like he's always going to cause damage to the opposition. He's had a brilliant absolutely brilliant season. Um and then the young player of well the young supporters player of the year was Deli Ali. No complaints there right. He's he's had a fantastic season as well Deli Ali.
2: Yeah. Again, um no complaints. I thought I thought he's had oh, well. Wow. Yeah, no. I'm just I'm just thinking about, you know, what where where he can now improve, where yeah. he can now Go on from being a a very good player to a great player, and can
1: he get better, or is it now just a case of consistency?
2: He, well, he needs consistency for sure, but maybe the maybe the only thing possibly where he could improve on would be a few more assists, or you know. But I put, like yesterday, I thought he he had a great game. Um, you know, he he's one of these players as well who. Don't look really fast Yeah it's deceptively but quick He is deceptively quick And um, You know Yeah It just needs consistency He had a good first season He's had a great second season Now It'll be interesting to see What he can do in, You know Next year at Wembley Where it's going to be Completely different for him
1: Yeah I mean It really is He's risen from absolutely nowhere is not he And I'm just looking at How he's done this year In the league So he's made 35 appearances Scored 17 goals that is ridiculous. 17 goals. That is more, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I saw a stat going around on Twitter so it's not 100% reliable, but Frank Lampard's best goal scoring record season, that's the same. And Lampard took penalties as well. That's ridiculous. That's great. That is absolutely ridiculous. And for me, what he's starting to do now is he's scoring all different types of goals. Yes. You think back last season, I'm not going to say that it definitely wasn't a tapping merchant, but it was all arriving late into the box, scoring well, goals see, like he's that. Had a few, he's had a few does this season. But now he, but can, he can score. If he, basically, if he's got the ball and he's within 30 yards of goal, he could, any, anything could happen. He's got that killer pass, but the goal against Watford as well, and the one he just bent in the top corner, oh, that's that's like, amazing. I didn't know he had that in his game. I've not seen him. If he can start hitting them then that is frightening because then he basically has the Lampard tap I don't want to say tap-ins but the Lampard penalty area ruthlessness and the Gerrard long rangers. and he's
2: had and his headers have also been all very different yeah
1: he scored a brilliant header at Southampton Ooh, we won great 4-1 where well, he
2: generated a lot of power
1: that was a fantastic and a lot of header a so yeah, the Chelsea one swell, well, which naturally you remember, but that one at Southampton in particular was just
2: and the one at Man City as well when it got a deflected cross I and yeah, I it came about over
1: that one. I forgot, I'd forgotten about that one. That's a, that's a good chat actually. Um, we'll have next week our Player of the Season, our end of season awards, all of that. So if anybody's got any suggestions for of awards. awards for awards <laughs> that they would like to. Uh, for us to d- talk about next week let us know it can be about the Spurs players it can be about us podders it can, literally it can be absolutely the more ridiculous the better I think but that'll be great next week end of season show is always a, a particular we, uh, highlight
2: we should get lunch and dinner in
1: I think we're gonna I think we're gonna me, nice. you, Stato, ASD I think the four of us Cute. it'll be nice romantic intimate um, it, so,
2: eat Tokyo again, is it? Most likely. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Most likely. Um, shall we do real or fake? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
1: Have you missed it? Uh,
2: well, yeah. I mean, there's not much to miss really, because it's only been done once. Did you
1: hear the one with me and Tyndall? No. Oh, see, the theme for the one me and Tyndall did was animals.
2: Oh, can we... Oh, I wish You'd I, have I to listen,
1: mate. Thanks for listening, when you're not on. <laughs> 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 but the theme this week is street names. Can, so before we just before
2: we talk about street names, can yeah. you give me a uh, you know an example of an animal? Do you have do you have
1: them I don't have them in my head, but they were ridiculous. Uh, one of them was a oh, what was it? Um, it will come to me in a minute. I'll give you an example of one in a minute. Was
2: it was it a dick dick? Uh,
1: no, it was a blobfish.
2: That's not that's not real, is it? That is real. Wow,
1: that's a real fish. Did you you use dick dick? There you go No I didn't use that actually It's a real animal Uh, Is it? Yeah I'm sat opposite him (laughs) (laughs) So the theme this week is Yeah it's street names So I've got five street names This is London based That are real And five street names that are fake So I'm just going to read them out in a random order And you just have to tell me Are they real or are they fake There's five real there's five fake (coughs) alright So First one Laycock Street L a y c o c k Laycock Street, real or fake? I'm going real. We're going real. Okay. Okay. Second one, White Nobbs Way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going fake. <laughs> okay. It's gone fake for that one. Hmm. The third one is Pony Alley. Um Pony Alley. Uh
2: fake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we've lo- we we lost him. <laughs>
1: oh Melon Road.
2: I think that sounds real. Cool.
0: Okay.
1: Muller Corner. <laughs> that can't be real. That's fake.
2: <laughs> it has to be fake. <laughs> Muller corner absolutely do one
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fake you sure? <laughs> yeah
1: fake mm. beaten b-e-a-t-e-n track <laughs> um fake fake got it newington butts how do you say the second word? butts oh buts. butts b-u-t-t-s um, newington you... butts
2: real okay <laughs> 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 This is brilliant. Deaf. Row. Isn't that Dan N17? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that <the> I rode. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go real. Real? No, shit. No, fake. Sure. Def. Fake. Come on. Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, fake. Right,
1: fake. Hooker's <laughs> Road. Real. <Yep. laughs> Brown Passage.
2: <laughs> um, real? You <laughs> yeah.
1: so you've got one two three four so you've gone five and five so you can st- do you want to stick with what you've got yeah all right cool so the first one that i read out was laycock street which you said was real that was correct it's a real real street the second one that I read out was White Knobs Way (laughs) which you said was fake it's real (laughs) (laughs)
2: where the hell is it oh
0: dear the
1: the (laughs) White Way the third one was Pony Alley which you said was fake it's fake good work the third one was Melon Road which you said was real that is real
2: oh nice
1: i four so far the, four, the fourth one was Muller Corner
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which you said was fake do you want to you want to stick with that
2: I want to stick with
1: it's fake It's correct it's fake <laughs> the next one was Beaten Track <laughs> I thought you might uh, it's fake you said it was fake I thought you might fall for that one the next one was Newington Butts which you said was real
2: is it fake is it fake
1: <laughs> It's real <laughs> <laughs> uh, The next one was Def Row Which you said was real in N17 But then changed in mind and said it was fake And that was the correct decision Because it was fake The next one was Hooker's Road <laughs> Which you said was real And it is real <laughs> And then the final one is Brown Passage, which you said was real, and it's obviously fake. <laughs> so, you got 8 out of 10, mate, which is a pretty solid effort, but what's let you down is White Knobs way, <laughs> and, and Brown Bi- Passage. No, Brown Passage. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's what's let you down. So, that's a strong effort, 8 out of 10. Thank you very much. You've done well. I think you've got, you've got 8 out of 10 on the other one we did as well nine I think was it Tyndall got three out of ten last week (laughs) (laughs) but then he's not he's not the brightest boy is he (laughs) (laughs) oh dear Um, we move on to another feature which is the Abbas astronomy feature so dun 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 go see our head's gone 6.24 and his head's gone um DFS round I think we might have to Think about taking this out Don't you think this well, I, d- I, feature. Didn't I
2: forgot about it Didn't Do I Do you not
1: I mean you're Or you Portray yourself to be Quite an intellectual bloke Do you, you must oh. You must know a little bit
2: Um well, I was watching this program About space Space's deepest Secrets On Discovery Channel
1: Um Cool and that's the end Of the astronomy feature This week <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Um Give me a 10 second... Fact. I can't, I forgot, I've forgotten, I've forgotten. Fantastic. I mean, you make it up pretty much every week anyway, so <laughs> I won't change it this week. <laughs> um, The only sort of previews that we've got to do, we've got two games this week, Spurs. So we're playing Leicester Thursday night, which is on the box, and then we go away to already relegated whole city at the weekend, the final game. I'm not going to either. Are you going to either no. in the games? No. But I'll be watching watching them on the telly. Does it matter? Do we even care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Um, what? 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 what because your, it's Leicester and I hate Leicester. So this, is, for some reason, has almost become a bit of like a derby game now. I really don't get it. For some reason, they really hate us, which makes no sense whatsoever. You think if anyone was going to hate <laughs> anyone, we would hate them because they beat us to the league last year? Very strange. Uh, um. Yeah. Well, just don't like them. So just- you would go. You wouldn't experiment and maybe try a different formation or try. Play a few of the fringe players, maybe like, would you bring Kevin well, Vimmer in or something what, like that?
2: Why would we? I mean, what we, what we saving? What we saving our first team for?
1: Then on the flip side, the game means nothing. Why would you not give minutes to players that haven't played that much this season?
2: Yeah, true. I, I, I would like to see uh, George, Kevin, and
1: Kudu start. A few people keep saying it's <sighs> like, what's that, babe? Uh, to me, and I hope he proves me wrong. He isn't. He's is a poor man's Clinton and G. Wow, that is strong. <sighs> the player that I would like to see at some point in the final two games is Marcus Edwards. Yeah, I'd I like to see that. I don't think he will. Though. Even just fifteen minutes off a bench, I would. I would like just. I'm not seeing him play before. That would be quite exciting. But but I
2: don't think I don't. Um, yeah, Poch clearly feels like he's not ready mm. because if he was ready and the so-called hype surrounded him from Spurs fans, sorry, he'd be in the team. Mm. But obviously, Posh feels like he's not ready for the first team, and that's why we haven't seen him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Would you play Janssen? Yes, you would. Oh, but then you look, you look at Leicester, and you look at Hull, and Kane's what free off top. That's
1: the thing he wants. He, he wants that golden boot, Kane, doesn't
0: he?
2: Yeah, and you know Lukaku, has got Arsenal as their final game. Have they? Yeah, final game of the season, I believe. Might be Arsenal Everton. I think you might be right actually. Um so he's probably not going to score. Mm. So and we Kane got two chances here. So if he gets one or two if he gets one against Leicester we could take it to we could take it to Hull and Hull an already relegated style. Hull right. down yeah. You know like, they were
1: abysmal against Crystal Palace yesterday. Absolutely shocking. And you'd imagine as well that Hull of they'll be thinking, what players are leaving? What players can are not afford to get injured because they're going to leave? So I wouldn't be surprised if that is a really weak whole team just because if the likes of Maguire is the only one that's actually any decent, is But if <laughs> there are players that they think they're not going to be with us next season, we're going to sell them, they actually might not play because he might yeah. be thinking, we could get I could get 15, maybe 20 million from Maguire. I won't have him in the squad because if he gets injured and he, he's out for the summer, I can't sell him.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know, always err uh, on the side of caution when you play games with against teams who've got nothing to lose and they've got nothing,
1: nothing to play for. That's us though now, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it, actually, yeah. I mean, it, it differs from last season where we still had the pressure of, you know, this is the f- this is the year we're going to beat Arsenal to you know you know be finish above Arsenal, and it didn't happen. And I think that played on the players' minds. Whereas now. You know, yeah, we lost against West Ham but we we've bounced back straight away and we're not on a run of like three yeah. or four games where we've not scored any or we've not we've lost or drawn. Um so yeah, so the pressure's off us as well. Um I mean the Leicester game now is frankly irrelevant, but you know, it'd be nice to see Kane get a couple, just you know for someone who's missed two or three months off the season yeah, and still be second or
1: whatever he is it's in, in
2: it's ridiculous. He's probably played, what, like 25, 30, 30 games?
1: Yeah, if that. And also, he started the season slowly. Yeah. Didn't he, really? What are your predictions for the two games? So, Leicester? Um, for Leicester game, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a 1-0. 1-0. And then the whole game? Um, I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0. I'm going to go for two wins this week. I'm going to have us to win 2-0 at Leicester and then 4-0 at Hull. I think that'll be a route on the final day, I think. Just going back to... Actually, the Premier League standings. so obviously Chelsea top, they've won the league, 87 points. Spurs in second with 80 points. We've lost the fewest amount of games of anyone this season, so we've lost four. Man United and Chelsea have both lost five, they're our newest competitors there. We've got the best defence in the league in terms of goals against, so 24 goals conceded. The next best to that, Chelsea 29 and Man United 29. And then with the third top scorers in the whole league, Chelsea are top with 76. Liverpool second with seventy five, and we're second with seventy three. So in theory, we've got two games to go. We could be the team that has scored the most goals, considered the fewest at the end of the season. How good would that be?
2: Amazing, but
1: yeah, it'd be good. But that'd be, yeah. that'd be an incredible achievement. And bear in mind as well, we've we've got eighty points. That's it's crazy. Eight, we could end the season with eighty
2: six points, and that would have been enough to win the league. Quite a few times, I'd,
0: yeah. I'd
1: hazard a guess. That's just that's remark. It's absolutely remarkable uh, what Pochettino is doing there. That is, that's crazy. The o- the only criticism is the amount of draws. We've drawn eight games this season, um, which is quite a lot. It's more draws than Sunderland. It's more than Hull, Swansea, Watford, Burnley, Palace, Leicester, Arsenal. That's um, my the only area. Right? To be fair, my
2: only criticism is we need to find a way to pick ourselves up for the bigger games away from home. I agree with that. I don't think we I don't think we've played
1: brilliant in a lot of the away games. The so
2: the four games we've lost obviously all been away from home and they've been to teams who apart from West Ham who are not rivals, but they get themselves up for the game against um Man United, Chelsea and Liverpool. And they, you know, we need to find a way to be able to play at those grounds. Yes.
1: And if I look at the table so the away game at Chelsea was a loss. The away game at Liverpool was a loss. The away game at City was a draw. The away game at Arsenal was a draw. The away game at United was a loss. And the away game at Everton was a draw. Yeah. The away game at West Brom was a draw. That's your top eight. That's not. That's the only criticism. And uh, do you know what I mean? That, <coughs> that I can't criticise at all. We've had an incredible season, But you look at that and you think, actually, if we'd have won a couple of them games. Even if we'd have won two of them, but do you know what, it, it, it is ifs and buts, and of
2: course it is. you know someone, someone. Uh, I saw saw someone tweeted match of the day the other day, and was like, imagine if Arsenal had played like this all season, and I was just like, well, you can't. Well, yeah, imagine if Spurs had stayed unbeaten away from away from home as they did at home all season, we'd have won the league. Yeah. So but shut but your just face. going back
1: to that league table, so that was the top eight, and then we've got Southampton in ninth. We won there. Yeah. Bournemouth in 10th, we drew Drew. there. Leicester, we're still to play there, 11th. 12th is West Ham, we lost there. And then your wins are Palace, who are 13th, won there. Stoke, 14th. Burnley, 15th. Watford, 16th. And and so on and so on. To the foot of the table. But actually, we've only beaten one team away from home in in the the top top 12. Top 12.
2: Yeah. it's, It's weird, because last season... I feel like we had a better away record than yeah. we did at home. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know where the shift has come from. Maybe pe- maybe the players were up for it because it was Waterhouse Lane's last season. Um, but we just need to. St- and next season we're going to have thirty-eight away
1: games. I mean, I don't think Wembley is going to be as, as bad as everybody makes out. I think once we get a bit of rhythm going. I think we'll be fine. I think the Champions League stuff was tough because you're at White Hotland, Lane, you're playing your away Premier League games and then you're just thrown in at Wembley. And it's like an away game. But once we get there and we get a bit of rhythm going, I think the first five, six games are massive. Absolutely massive. And I think what would really help us is if we had a derby early. If maybe the first, if the first or second game at home was a derby, I think that'd be perfect. Because regardless of where you're playing, the fans are up for that. So if we had that and we could claim a big scalp early on, imagine beating Arsenal or Chelsea early on at Wembley. I think that yeah. would kick us on. I think I'd be a little bit worried if the games are like Bournemouth, West Brom, Stoke, Watford, because they're the—I think they're the ones where you could there could be fans aren't as buzzing for it. That's my only—that's my only worry. But I think we're going to be fine at Wembley. I don't think we'll go the season unbeaten, but most teams don't go the season unbeaten at home anyway. Um, I don't think it's going to be as bad.
2: Hopefully,
1: we'll see. Um, anything else that you want to talk about or preview? Not particularly. No, fine. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And like I said, next week, final episode of the season. So, let us know what your awards are, favourite bits of the pod this season, and any other questions. And you've worst got. bits. And so worst bits.
2: Anything with Jack in it.
1: So, brilliant, good banter. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got any ideas for the themes for real or fake as well for the for the final show because that's good That I quite like that feature didn't that's you right. oh, right, I'm gutted I miss out on the animals yeah you would have to listen back to that one well we can just we can just do it off here yeah sure why not but remember whatever happens <laughs> future's bright future's lily white come on you Spurs
0: Every kick at Wembley, Aussie's knees have gone all trembly, and requires assembly. Danny Bonflower, local boy Ledley King, Greavesy scoring everything. Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle, Lee Young, young. Keller USA, Woodgate is not fit to play Ramatini, Kuduchini, Freddie Canute Gary Mabot in Chile, Sergey Redwell for the wind. Run for me, Nick for me, 4-3 Stout Terry Heroes in white and blue, we've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey, despite the tears and pain I go to White Hart Lane Lyncker playing fair, Moldridge here, there, everywhere. Pat Jennings luscious hair, Super Bentongen, and number nine, nine from the halfway line. Villa's running eighty-one under twin towers. You'll leave his transfer steals, Harry Redknapp steals on wheels, There's legend Steve Perryman, MBE, Hugo Loris, clean sheet, Paul and Stephen Dalmaty, i playing at what i Nicola Bertie, heroes in white and blue, this one's for Billy Nick, his football did the trick, he showed the world what Spurs could do, the league and cup we won in 1961. Aaron Lennon's lime green shoes. Gareth fairly used to lose. Alan Hart, Alan Hart and we all knew his passport said so Spain. Spain. Berbatov turned and stroked. Hartsy saving from the spot. Beat Chelsea, Chelsea at Wembley, green. we lifted the league up. dollar is a spur, we're the football connoisseurs Chas and Dave's cockney-raised, Chirpy the cockerel Mender shoots from halfway, Harold humbling the same Clattenburg, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give the goal Mabizela's work of art, tricky Rafa van der Vaart He's got no but we him. don't care, Martin Martin, yo Lilywise from White Hart Lane So Ziegler sounded just like Ziegler Getting to the grounds of pain Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy inter equalize. Ginger Pele in disguise People speak of the technique that Jason Dozelat does Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Razziak, don't come back And, and Asimovic our Substitution Tom Hardbusters Distribution Jermaine Defoe, he's Cisco These Linguistic Skills Scott Parker could not try harder Danny Rose is 30 yarder Darren Bent's headed wide Sandra could've scored that Heroes in blue and white We sold Sakura and we dropped more Spurs make my dark days bright but it makes me sad, sticker was so bad Robbie Keane, in the box Edgar Davids, Red Nox, Palacios Stripey Socks, Everson, Hattrick Dave McKay picking fights European Glory nights. Terry Dyson go on my son Cliff Jones on the wing <coughs> Dean, Richards, John, White, Legendary, Lily White nice. Aldere, Estreche Two is to do Clive Allen Paul Allen Joe Allen Les Allen Rizal Allen Allen, Gilsey Billy really White from White Hart Lane as a Yuki, so the Bentley's free kick over. We treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your ass. And Liam Walker's page three go That's Poirier free kicker. Gomez made That's super cool. saves. He, he can shag my wife. Edrington loved the cookies, and he really loved the cookies. Star Wars music yeah. and some yeah. wookies right before the game. Heroes in blue and white. When I feel depressed, think of Ginola undressed. Point give up the fight. Wolfox never quits, you can be sure of it. Robinson's long shot. ABB's deep spot. David, David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup. Andy Sinton's England call. Michael Brown starts a brawl. Peter Crouch, eight foot tall. Jürgen Klinsmann's dive. Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision. Howard Webb's bad decision, Rahman Vega playing Sega. Sandro's kung fu kick. Eric Torres looking looking Kingswell Esper, Marston, Leonardson, and Smith and Chivers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue We like to win in style. We've done it for a while It's better to aim playing high Then our football story will echo with glory Lily, and White our name. If the budget allows, the answer will be ours Thanks Dave Henson, 44 We like to win in style, we've done it for a while. It's better to aim faded high, then our football story will echo with glory.